look at all the different pages that I have. Okay. Get everything set up so I can see comments. All right. Look at all the different pages that I have. Okay. That off. There we go. And then over here, give me just a second. Uh, oops. All right. Let's see here. Hello, coffee lovers. This is Jose Alaniz with Third Day Coffee Seguin, and this is God Country Coffee coming at you live Friday night. Give me just a second here to set up all my things so that I can see comments. Uh, if you are watching us and you do see the uh, StreamYard, um, it says if you're gonna um, that I'm using StreamYard, and if you don't click on the little link that says StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook and give them permission. I see your comments, but I don't know who they're coming from. They just come across as blind comments. So on that note, if you are watching online, please uh, give us, shoot me a message. Let me know that our volume is good to go. And, uh, and I would appreciate that. And, um, and then I'm going to, uh, okay, I can see that now. And then I can see this one now and I can see these ones. Okay. Folks, tonight we have a good show. Um, I am going to interview a fellow veteran, a fellow podcaster, uh, and uh, we we kind of have the same thing. We're just trying to help people. So uh, Keith McKeever is a is a. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself and talk about the military service, like I always do. But first, I want to talk about Third Day Coffee a little bit. Uh, this weekend, we're going to launch our our Valentine's Day package. Uh, so be looking for that on the website, on our website, on thirddaycoffeeseguin.com. You can catch uh, all the podcasts, all the old podcasts. Uh, you can get us on Amazon. You can download uh, the different episodes. Uh, we recently uh, just asked if people wanted to, to be on the show, and we're booked clean through um, May, I think. I don't know, something like that. I think we have like one more date in April. Uh, or March. I'm sorry, we're into March. Anyway, uh, so take a look at that. We roasted it today, uh, so get your orders in. Uh, I, you know, our coffee is unique because we use mesquite. It's really good coffee. It starts out as good coffee. Our mission uh, is to be able to do work in our community, uh, Christ-like work, uh, to help anybody. I've I kind of tend towards veterans because I'm a veteran, but uh, we really want to make an impact on uh, the veteran suicide epidemic that we have in this country. And um, and we also, uh, and just the civilian sector too, there's so many people that are suffering, especially um, during this pandemic, people have been isolated and it, it, you know, it just anxiety goes up and they're uh, things that they deal with. And so we want to make an impact overall, but you know, my first, uh, uh, I guess love or whatever you want to call it is, is veterans. Um, and my guest today is also, I'm going to go ahead and bring him on and I'll finish my introduction. Hello, Keith. Hello. All right. So uh, welcome to the show. And uh, I'm just finishing up my intros. Um, again, if you are watching and the volume sounds good and everything, uh, just send us a message, let us know. Uh, and uh, that we would appreciate that very much. Um, uh, our coffee, uh, every bag of Isaiah, which is our medium roast that we sell, one dollar goes to LF Missions Inc. Uh, org and or LF Missions Inc. and their website is lfmissions.org. Uh, and they are a Christian outfit that uh, they own a farm in Sierra Bueno, Honduras, which is where I get my coffee beans from. And they are basically trying to lift this community up um, with, with their nonprofit. 
some of these people don't have sanitation. Some of them don't have running water in their house. Some of them have wood burning stoves with no exhaust. The, the you know the the carbon whatever comes off of there stays in the house because they don't have flumes and things like that to go outside. And so that's their part of their mission. And if some of you guys know that follow me, but I just launched my birthday fundraiser today uh, for that. We're trying to raise $500 uh, for that outfit. So that being said, uh, I want to give a shout out to my brother, uh, J.D. Tierney, for the awesome U.S. Navy hat with this uh, awesome leather patch. Uh, thanks, brother. appreciate the hat. And uh, without further ado, Keith, uh, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Uh, tell us what led you to join the military, what branch you joined, and what you did in the military. Okay. Well, I'm going to start by actually saying two things. Your medium roast, uh, going by the name of Isaiah, that's actually the name of my oldest child. So that's uh, pretty neat. I didn't know that. And second thing, you mentioned Valentine's Day. I'm just going to make a PSA for all the men out there listening. <laughs> you heard it here first. Get uh, whatever you're going to get your significant other. You might want to go ahead and start getting that now. I know how us guys tend to be sometimes. So, yeah, you know, you heard it from me first, I guess. Um, the first warning. So, uh, me and in my military career, uh, you know, I grew up in a small Midwestern community, small group of friends. Grew up out in the country. Uh, you know, military is always something that is in the back of my mind that I could do, but I never really thought I would do it. And I ended up going to a small junior college, got an associate's degree in law enforcement. I wanted to be a cop and I didn't really know why I still to this day, I don't really know why, but I just want to, I think really to help people and just serve and protect and stuff like that. But when I got my associate's degree, I was only 20. And I also knew that growing up in the country, I was going to probably end up working for a big city and the idea, you know, growing up in a very small town and just even living in the city and, you know, the whole idea of like growing up <laughs> was kind of scary. So I was like, man, I don't know if I want to just, you know, apply for these police departments or what I'm going to do. And then uh, in February of 06, an army recruiter called me and I talked to him for 45 minutes to an hour and kind of got the ball rolling. And uh, my stepdad came home and he was a Vietnam vet from uh, Air Force Vietnam vet. And so I'm talking to him and he's like, look, man, forget the army. Do you want to sleep in the mud and the dirt? And I'm like, you know, not really. <laughs> that doesn't sound that appealing to me. And uh, he goes, man, you should, you should think about the air force. So one thing led to another, uh, went to an air force recruiter, you know, MEPS, ASVAB, all that stuff. And I really hadn't made up my mind. And it was right uh, maybe mid, mid March of that year. You know, a recruiter calls me and goes, look, man, I got a guy that broke his leg. He was going to be security forces. So he's going to be a cop. You know, there's one of you, you know, kind of on your short list. He goes, do you want to go in April? And I was like, are you serious? Like, I got to, I got to tell you today. He's like, yeah, well, I need, I need an answer pretty quick. So I said, okay, well, let me think about a sergeant, you know, and a few hours later I called him back. I said, man, if I'm going to do this, let's, let's freaking do it. Let's, let's, I'll take the slot. I got nothing else to do. Like I'm working 30 hours a week. Not sure what my future holds. You know, I'm in this no man's land of life. So that's how I ended up in, uh, it was, uh, Went active duty, Air Force, Security Forces, and uh, you know it was a it was an interesting experience. Uh, I knew before I even got to my first duty station at Yokota, Japan, that I was going to be deployed. Um, so pretty much immediately, as soon as I got there, turned right around and headed to Iraq. I was at a place called Camp Buka. It was a prison camp, so we were there as prison guards. Uh, that was just about eight months, you know, give or, give or take a few days. Was there, came back. Um, a couple months later, they sent me down on a temporary duty down to Monta, Ecuador, which was awesome for six months. Came back, PCS to Scott Air Force Base, and deployed to Blod from there. And that was that was most of my career. I was in a little over five years before I ended up getting out. So there's a lot of experiences there that were a lot of fun. Yeah, the uh, my dad's an Air Force. He was an Air Force event, and my uncle is an Air Force uh, retiree. Uh, and so when I joined the Navy, and they were both ticked off, <laughs> they were doing their best to talk me out of it. But um, the year that I graduated, uh, which is 89, uh, it's 1989, I'm not that old, but 1989, uh, the Air Force had a freeze on recruiting. And so I went down, the guys that would just, you know, they'll fix this, you know, they'll straighten it out, just keep coming every Friday 
when you get off of school, come by the office and check in. I'm like, okay. And so I kept doing that. And I mean, I was middle of the summer, I was out of money and I needed to go somewhere. And so I went in one day to check in. And this particular day I went, man, the lights were out. There was nobody there. And I turned around, there's this old crusty chief, you know, sitting in the doorway uh, inside of a building where all at that time in San Antonio, all the main recruiters were in the same building across the street from MEPS. And I was sitting there smoking a cigarette, you know, we offer the same stuff the Air Force does. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, man, I, you know, I went home and I had to tell my dad and my uncle that, uh, that I had signed up for, uh, you know, for the, uh, for the Navy. And I, I don't regret it. I love my, I love, uh, you know, the time I was in, uh, my only regret, of course, I think everybody has the same regrets, but my only regret was getting out. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you, if you dealt with the same, you know, I always say hindsight, hindsight's 2020, but, uh, at the time I couldn't see past my nose, man, much less anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, some regrets, you know, sometimes you think about different things and you're like, man, it'd be awesome to do some of that cool tactical stuff again. Um, I'm a few pounds heavier now than I was then. My body wouldn't hold up like that, but you know, there's, there's other parts of it, you know, being a supervisor and, and the late nights, the long hours, you know, the, the way you're treated sometimes, you know, I don't want to make that, I don't want to say that to make it sound bad, but we all, anybody who served knows what I'm talking about, you know, the hurry up and wait, you know, you know, got to be somewhere at uh, zero nine hundred hours, and next thing you know, as as a young E three, you know, you're being told to be there at zero six, yeah. and you're sitting around waiting for three hours for something that's a fifteen minute meeting. You know, some of that, some of that stuff that you know, you don't yeah. want to go through any of that stuff again. But you know, that that transition period is definitely interesting. I was kind of looking forward to it, kind of bummed, but you know, it is what it is. So, I uh, so I I want to backtrack just little bit uh you know i always start my show out giving uh all the gratitude that i can to my lord and savior christ jesus uh my business wouldn't be that. uh my life wouldn't be worth that uh my dad came to christ just a a, a few weeks before he passed and it was shortly after that that i realized that, that i hadn't really committed to god and that and i i made that commitment and so I, I thank God. I'm very grateful for everything he's doing. Uh, he's blowing up our business. It's insane. Um, and uh, anyway, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, just tell me a little bit. I, I know that uh, just in our conversation that you grew up around that. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I would consider myself more maybe spiritual than religious. Uh, I grew up in a Lutheran Lutheran church. My grandmother was a superintendent of the, of the Sunday school for 30 30 something years, 30 to 35 years. So growing up, um, you know, my parents were, were both in business. They were both realtors like I am now. And, you know, so they were busy doing open houses and stuff on Sunday. So I'd go to church and Sunday school with grandma. All my cousins were super close. We'd all go to grandma's house on the weekends. So um, we we're pretty, pretty close, close knit family there in, in those terms where we just all, all hang out. We were always at church, Sunday school, you know, or, or doing something, something there, vacation Bible school, all that fun stuff. So. All right. So down the road, you, you transitioned out of the air force. Uh, and then what happened after that? Well, when I got out, you know, actually I was like, I was unemployed for almost a month. Not really sure what was going to happen. I, I know there's a lot of people that kind of get in that boat. Like, you know, gee, what am I, when am I going to get a job? Where, where is it going to be? What are the hours going to be? What's it look like? You know, whether you serve, you know, five years or 20, like you just don't remember what that was like in the civilian world. So I actually ended up selling furniture, got hired by uh, a local furniture, well, a national brand furniture, but their local store here. And actually transition for me, I think was easier. And I don't know if those guys really know or if I've, I've ever really told them, but we had one guy in the warehouse, so we had two managers and there's two sales guys. That was it. And we were responsible for unloading the trucks. And when the warehouse guy wasn't there, we, uh, we loaded furniture for people. We sold the furniture. We moved things around. We dusted. We cleaned all that. So, I mean, I was spending 70 hours a week with these guys in a very small, small group. So we were just sitting around, eating lunch together, working together, you know, 
talking, getting to know each other's families, all that stuff. So a lot of that close, close knit, you know, feeling that you have in the military, I was getting the same thing. And uh, we became friends. One of the guys I work with, I kind of consider him an older brother. And uh, I don't think he really quite understands, you know, what that friendship and that bond really did for me in that period, because I look back now and I, I see stories of people really struggle with transition. And I realize I got really lucky. I had like the perfect setting to be in to transition and get back because I was working so much, but I had that, that same support structure there. So, and we, you know, go out for a beer every now and then afterwards. So it wasn't just all strictly work, but that really helped quite a bit. And then after that, I ended up getting into real estate. So that is a, uh, a big deal, man, because a lot of times when people transition out of the service, uh, the biggest thing is that you no longer have that mission. You no longer have that camaraderie, uh, you know, your brothers and sisters that are to your right and left of you supporting you with whatever it is you're doing. And, uh, and so that's really unique because I, I know a lot of people that I talk to, most time when they transition out, that's the biggest thing. Like they they struggled for a long time trying to find that, and so that's really awesome, man. That that you were able uh, to, to you know to, to transition right into a scenario like that where you where you had kind of what you had in the military. Um, yeah, it helps so quite a bit. I, because like like you said, we've all seen it. It doesn't take long to find stories of people who didn't have that and and kind of float out there in no man's land for a little bit till they figure it out. Yeah. So uh, how long did you do furniture before you got back into real estate? Or before I was, uh, I guess, just a little over a year. Um, my youngest was born premature, and the, the company I was working for kind of wanted everybody to work up through the sales and then get into management and go on to take over as assistant manager in, in another store. And at that point in time, it was you know, another store in another location. You couldn't stay in the same same building. So with him being born premature, unknown medical issues, things like that, and all my family here, we felt like, okay, the, the support structure for family is here. I don't want to move three states away or five states away and know absolutely nobody. That that idea was scary, especially with a, you know, a two-year-old at the time and one with unknown, you know, issues that we were going to face. Um, we now know that he's too darn stubborn uh, <laughs> to have any issues. And, uh, but so we, you know, kind of talked about it, didn't know what to do and talked to my mom and um, because she's the only one that's left. My father died when I was 16. So, you know, I've got a stepfather in the picture. And so I kind of talked to my mom and my stepdad and my mom's like, well, get in real estate with me. And she had been trying to recruit me since I was little. You know, one of these days you're going to be a realtor just like me. And I always said, BS, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, I'm like, you know what? That's not bad. I'll take this leap of faith and uh, you can go into business. Because I knew that at that time she had about 25 years or so in the industry. And I said, well, if anybody's going to teach me the right way and have a vested interest in training me and making sure that I, I hit the ground running as, as best I can, then it's, then it's your own mother. So, I just uh, I signed up for the real estate classes. It was like two weeks in a row, six days a week, like almost like 10, 12 hour days. I mean, they were very intense, very long, short, you know, coursework. And uh, I put in my two week notice and that, that Sunday, I worked like a full week. That Sunday was my last day. And then that next Monday morning, I was throwing on a, you know, business, business attire again, but I was going somewhere else to learn about real estate. So so I got, you know, went through that process and, and here I am just shy of eight years later. Wow. Uh, I'm going to say hello to Carrie and Richard Kaufman and it looks like Lane hit us up and my friend John Grantham uh, and a few others. Just want to say hi to everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're just getting started here. Um, you know, I, uh, I got to do a plug for my coffee because I just roasted today. And so uh, today I'm drinking. Uh, this is a shock. For those of you who follow me, I'm drinking Revelation, and uh, Revelation is our light roast high calf. And ever since we came up with the recipe for um, for my buddy Chris uh, Goldsmith, uh, I I myself have been addicted to it, and so I rarely drink anything else. I drink other all my coffee when I roast, just to you know for quality purposes. But uh, when I have a full cup, it's it's the revelation. And uh, I've had people that have left the other huge monster military owned coffee company uh, 
for the revelation. Uh, and so anyway, uh, there's that. Okay, so you've been doing this for eight years. And um, what is on your horizon? I mean, what are you looking to do uh, now? What's the next chapter? Well, you know, I, I plan on doing the same thing I'm doing because I love real estate. It's uh, it's done more for me than I could ever possibly imagine. So I, I plan on continuing on to do that. Um, but there's other, you know, other things that, that pop up. And one of them has been my podcast. And I guess a little backstory on that. So, you know, as of that, you know, you kind of just naturally joined Facebook groups and just like most of us out there, we're probably in 15 or 20 of them. And as I sat back and watched my Facebook news feed over and over again, I realized that like certain issues, certain problems kept reoccurring. You know, pe different people, same problems. And it was, you know, drug and alcohol abuse. It was, you know, maybe domestic violence, you know, PTSD, VA disability claims. You know, I noticed in a lot of groups being a realtor, you know, in, in kind of that you know, VA loan type space and, and, and real estate related veteran groups, people are having credit score issues and, you know, became apparent, you know, budgets and other simple things and fixing credit. So I'm like, man, there's a lot of, a lot of issues, but the same, you know, five or six, seven just kind of kept popping up. So, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I like music, but I mean, I prefer when I'm driving, you know, half an hour to an appointment or something, I'll put on a podcast, especially if it's like half hour one. I know I've got a 45 minute drive. I'm going to try and find something about 45 minutes and just listen to it. And I find it, you know, beneficial to just kind of learn something, listen to something rather than just music. I, I just prefer that. So I kind of put two and two together. I'm like, okay, there's issues and I'm passionate about helping people and then podcasts. So I'm like, why the heck not start my own and uh, and just talk about these issues and, you know, maybe help somebody. So I, I thought the Battle Buddy podcast, because, I, you know, finding a name is, is a pain in the you know what. Um, for me, because I'm like, I don't have a, you know, product, you know, like yours makes perfect sense. Um, but I didn't have anything to sell or anything like that, nothing tied to it. I just want to do something out of kindness to my heart and just talk and talk to people and maybe offer some nuggets of information. And then I was like, you know what? Battle buddies, you know, I may have been air force and everything's wingman, but you know, in security forces, we kind of had battle buddies and stuff like that. And I'm like, it kind of resonates with army and a few other things. So I'm like, that's perfect because I want people to know that they're not alone, no matter what they're walking through, that they've got somebody, whether they're listening to me and I'm that person or they need to go find somebody or there's another battle buddy out there for them. Somebody's out there. Somebody else has been in your shoes. Somebody's there to will, willing to help you give advice or, you know, hold your hand through a process. So it's kind of a natural fit battle buddy podcast. And like I've told you before the show, and I've mentioned on mine a few times, uh, not to make it sound graphic, but you know, if I can hit on a, on a subject and, and help somebody take a needle out of their arm or put down a bottle take the gun out of their mouth, you know, fix their credit or get themselves on a path to financial freedom and eliminate some of those stressors that are sending them down that path. I'm not a fan of the whole 22 a day, you know, thing and all the push-ups and stuff, but we've got to end that. And those are the stressors that cause that. So if we can provide the resources, maybe it'll save a life. And I don't care how long I do this. If, if it saves one person's life, then it's all worth it. Yeah. And you are so on point right there. Um, so many veterans are suffering. I know that civilians suffer too. Um, my wife has posted publicly on her Facebook page uh, before about the struggles that she had uh, years ago with depression and, and uh, suicide and stuff like that. And so uh, I know that it's not uniquely a military problem, but I think it's amplified uh, with the fact that we're in the longest war that the United States has ever been in. Uh, and I think that our country, our government is catching up. I think they're getting there as far as helping our vets who are having problems. Uh, but I know that a lot of guys, um, they don't ask for help. And so it's, it's left up to people like you. Uh, and I know Carrie's watching. Carrie does a lot of uh, stuff also. She does a lot of intervention stuff. Uh, that is way beyond 
you know, my capabilities at this point. Uh, but that's so important, man, that we just keep pushing uh, that message out that, man, you're not alone. Somebody's always willing to listen. We can help you somehow. And if I can't help you personally, I know somebody who can. And so I, I think that that's, um, man, I mean, you're just, I think you're just right on, you're on something big here. I think it's going to, I think you're, you're going to find that your podcast is going to blow up. Well, I, I mean, I certainly hope so that, you know, the, the whole idea is that it helps somebody. And I know there's a bunch of us that are, you know, really in that same space and I could sit here and rattle off five or six names, but I, but I won't, I know one of them was mentioned earlier is watching this for, for a little bit ago, but, yeah. uh, yeah, the more of us that talk about it and talk about these issues, then there's more places for people to hear. And if they hear it, then they know that they're not alone and that there's a way out. And, you know, the more resources we can provide, the better. I mean, my website's got a bunch. Now, there's a bunch of holes in it. <laughs> it's still a work in progress trying to fill that out. So I'm always looking for resources or information or inspiration to put things on there to support veteran businesses or, you know, information, links to different things. So. You know, it's all about just trying to honestly just hope at some point in time the right person either hears my hears an episode or watches me on YouTube or just stumbles across my website somehow and just finds what they need. You know, I'll probably never know about it, but I'm sure at some point in time it'll happen. So just the same as, you know, is your podcast. I'm sure somebody's going to hear one of your episodes and take the steps to to get on the right path finally, whatever that looks like for him. So how did you even get started? I mean, cause like, I didn't know what I was doing. I had, I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm only eight episodes into this and I'm just kind of figuring it out as I go. But uh, what was that? What was that thing? Did you, did you go on somebody's podcast? Did you hear something? Did you see something? Actually, this is the first podcast I've been on as a guest. I just listened to them and I just decided it was uh, early January of last year. I was like, I'm going to do this. You know, I just went and got a microphone. I already had the laptop and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to kind of fumble my way through and finally came up with the name. I think it was middle of the summer. I kind of came up with the name and recorded, a, got the first couple episodes. I was going to try and get like three, four or five of them before releasing, but the first one I did was with a guy I know locally, Jeff Sykes, and his was powerful. And he had an event going on, and I'm like, "Well, I got to get this out, man." You know, so get to this word out about um, this fundraiser to help multiple vet organizations here in our area. And uh, it's so far, I don't have a whole lot of listeners, but it's so far, so far, by and large, the most listened to episode I've got, and it's it's powerful and it's great. And um, it's like it was like an amazing launch, but. Uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a work in progress. You know, there's not a lot of resources that, like, give you a good blueprint. <laughs> it was kind of, you know, fumbling through the dark, and I just released my sixth episode the other day, so you're actually a little bit ahead of me because I had, you know, one in August. I think the second one was in October, and then we did one in November, and it didn't have another one until January, so consistency has been a, been a pain, but I've kind of gotten to the same way you are. I'm going to start doing mine on Wednesdays and every other Wednesday, and – you know, try and be more consistent and refine things. And there's been people, I'm a member of the Veteranure Tribe and the Warrior Council on Facebook. And there's been some people in there that I've talked to many times that have been really helpful, giving me advice from scheduling to pre-show interviews and things like that, just to make things easier because they've been through it. They've got some podcasts of their own. So I am open ears. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm fumbling through it, but I have this mindset of, my worst episode has already been recorded Would you know, whatever one that is, I, I just keep that in my mind. I've already recorded the worst one. And, you know, all I'm going to do is then every one I release is just going to be a little bit better. I'm going to learn from it and make it better. But to me, it's all about the content, really. I mean, it's, you got all the production stuff that you can do if you want to or not. But the content is what's important. Does it resonate with somebody? Is it valuable? And does it, you know, send somebody on a, an actionable plan? Yeah, I've had some issues uh, with with the uh, tech side of it, uh, but ultimately the content, man, is is uh, you know is what really really uh, gives all the the meat. You know, I mean, it's great to have all the stuff around it. Uh, Ryan Hunt just chimed in. Thanks, brother, for watching. Um, 
but yeah, the, you know, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, man. I, I just, uh, I just researched some stuff and, and, uh, you know, from a, a biblical standpoint, uh, what I've learned about, about surrendering my life to Christ is that somebody who's two days ahead of you can help you. Somebody who's a thousand days ahead of you can help you. Somebody who's 20 years ahead of you can help you. Uh, and you can do the same for the guy that's behind you. So if you're literally one step in front of the guy behind you, you can still reach back forward. And uh, and so I think that's uh, something that we have to be mindful of is that, uh, and I know we're proud. A lot of veterans are proud. I don't ever give an, a fellow veteran a handout. I may give you a hand up, uh, you know, any way that I can. Uh, but uh, it doesn't matter how, you know, where we're at in the game. There's always somebody who's going to be a few steps ahead of you, a lot of steps ahead of you, and there's going to be people behind you. And so uh, one thing I have learned, political climate and everything that's going on in our country and our world is that um, we're taught to do this in the military. And it doesn't matter what branch of service you're in. You are broken down as an individual in boot camp and you are reconstructed with a team mindset. And so uh, with that team mindset comes accountability. And uh, not only am I accountable for myself, I'm accountable for the man who's the right of me, the woman who's the left of me, uh, and they're accountable for me. And so uh, I think that what you're doing with your podcast uh, just falls perfectly in line with all that. I, I couldn't agree more. I think what I'm going to totally butcher the saying, but something about all you know, high tide rises all ships or something like that. And, and I feel like there's a, there's a handful of us that are in that space that uh, I'm aware of, you know, three, four five different podcasts. We're all kind of talking about the same things maybe a little different angles, but it's all with the same intent of, of helping people and just providing value and you put that value out and you get that value back. It's, it's some way, shape or form. I mean, there's, you're right about people that have been doing it longer. Uh, you know, Travis Johnson, who runs the nonprofit architect, him and I've had a handful of conversations and I think he's like 80 episodes in or something like that. He's got it all figured out. <laughs> compared to where I'm at and I've learned so much from them just like I said earlier like from scheduling and you know putting things out there on the, on the page and he's got a, a guide and stuff like that that he's working on that that really helps podcasters so you know you just reach you got to network and reach out and talk to people and see what kind of value they can bring it's it you know I picked up some nuggets from people that probably don't even realize it so absolutely so I'm going to put a plug in for Ryan real quick um uh, they're putting together him and Richard and several others uh, are putting together the, uh, the next veterans summit social or social summit. Uh, but it's going to be on mental health uh, and it's in April. And Ryan, if you're still listening uh, in the comments, will you please throw up the link to the, um, to that particular event? But uh, that in mind, what kind of resources uh, do you right now offer uh, some of the people that, that listen to your podcast or, or will listen to your podcast? Well, my show has been on, on a handful of different things, uh, resources on my website. Um, I've got some things on there, you know, but links to the VA, some things about credit and building credit, you know, budgeting, stuff like that. Um, of course, I don't have it up right now. I'm trying to remember some of the other pages that are on there, but I'm just trying to fill out just whatever information I can. Last two things I just did, and they're basic framework done at this point, is I, you know, find a pro, and I can't remember what I named the other one, but one of them is for service-based businesses. The other one is for like an e-commerce business. So my intent is to just have different categories. You can click on it, and there'll be a Google map right there, and you can just zoom in and find a business on whatever category it is, you know, anywhere in the country. So especially like the e-commerce or, you know, brick and mortar stores, retail stores. I don't know if you're in Seattle, Washington, and you want to find a veteran owned business. Uh, hopefully someday I'll have, have some good options there or Albuquerque or whatever. And, uh, you know, just, just a free place to advertise them. It's just a Google link. It'll go right to their Google thing, but it's just a free thing that I could set up pretty easy and, 
and then maybe help direct some uh, some traffic to some people's websites. Same thing for yep. service providers and, uh, you know, just free business shout out. Uh, like I said, I've got, you know, uh, mental health resources, you know, the ones I find, some nonprofits, other things like that. I'm just trying to fill out some different pages with some links and some information so they can come find it, search what they want. It's nothing elaborate, but maybe they'll find the resource they want. So any ideas are welcome. I'll say that <laughs> my, my, uh, you've got to scroll down here at the bottom battlebuddypodcast.net. So if anybody has ideas, you know, go there, contact me, send me to the website or the Facebook page of whatever resource or company you think that I should, uh, that I should feature on there and, and I'll reach out to them. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Jared Letterman. He's in the, in the Vetpreneur tribe and, uh, he's got a little icon that looks like Kenny from, from South park. Uh, Okay, but, uh, I think I've seen him now. I don't, I don't know him, but I, I, I think I've seen that scrolling I, through. He's a Marine Corps veteran, and he put together, I think it's still in beta, but he put together this thing where veterans who had businesses could get on there and list all their, all their, um, all the, you know, what they do, what they offer. And I know there's several other things too that do the same thing, but, you know, you might just reach out to him and who knows, man, uh, maybe network something and, and uh and be able to do something you know uh where you can get some more you know one of the things like i've i had a, a situation a while back where there was an individual that that uh, uh, had posted some alarming things on his site on his page or whatever and i don't know how i got involved in that but the guy ended up messaging me and so i was really really like on my heels because i didn't know what to do and i didn't even know who to ask and so uh, that's the first time that I asked Carrie uh, about, you know, she, I, I, that's when I found out that she did that quite a bit. And then uh, in that process, I met Doc Jocelyn, you know, Dave Doc Jocelyn, and uh, and he's a CIS certified, which is, um, you know, suicide uh, intervention uh, stuff. And so he's actually given me the uh, information to take the course. Uh, to get certified also at assist, you know, because listen, it's like anything else, man. Uh, you know, if you're a mechanic, the more tools you have, the better you are to fix anything that comes your way. Absolutely. Actually, all, all of us as vets, I think should probably take something like that. Cause you never know when, when, you know, your battle buddy, you know, reaches out to you and says, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Or you see something that starts to, you know, go down that alarming path, you know, trends on Facebook or something like that. If you're trained to deal with it and trained to spot it, you might actually spot it. Cause I'm sure if you look at some of the people who are taking their lives, they've, they probably left some clues along at least at different points that something was wrong in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what kind of influences have you had uh, leading up to this aside? I mean, you know, I always ask people that, like, you know, what was your biggest influence, you know, getting involved, getting in the military and all that stuff. And for me, it was easy. My dad walked on water. He wasn't Jesus, but he was pretty close to the walking on water. And uh, and I, I thought of him that way. I held him in that regard to the to the la very last breath that he took. Uh, and I still think of him in that, in that respect. But uh, who are some of the huge influences that, that sort of gave you this um the sense of I've got to help my brother and sisters out. Ooh. That's, I don't know. That's a, that's a good one. I think some of it's just in my nature just to want to help people and, and seeing all those things on Facebook. And I was like, you know, if I can just talk about it and get the right guest and the right person hears it at the right time, but a big influence in my life was definitely my grandmother. You know, the she was the superintendent of the Sunday school and all that. But more than that, I mean, she was the kind of person that volunteered for everything. You know, it was whether church related or not, she was always on the go, always something going on. And I didn't realize it. She passed away a little over a year ago. And I didn't realize until she was gone how much that you know, her volunteering and how much I saw that as a child, because I was, you know, over there on Sundays and stuff like that. And everybody in my family knows how much my grandmother was given back to the community here and there and everywhere. So I didn't realize really that my volunteer work was kind of inspired by her. It didn't dawn on me until she was gone. 
because on top of this, I'm involved with, you know, the Honor Flight program. We've got a hub here, Greater Peoria Honor Flight, and I got involved with that. That was really the first thing I did veteran-related is I got out in 2011. I think it was about two years later, two or three years later, I saw the documentary, and I was like, man, it's really cool. They're taking World War II vets to D.C. Like, that's awesome. Free of charge. Like, these guys totally deserve it, man. I can get behind this mission. And then – you know, I was really inspired that night and honestly didn't do anything about it. It was like six months to a year later. It popped back up on Netflix and I watched it again. And I was like, something drove me to get on my phone and I'm Googling and I'm like, oh, hey, there's a Peoria hub. This is awesome. So I went and signed up four or five months later that next spring. Uh, it would have been, I think, spring of 2014, uh, maybe 15. Years are kind of blurry now, but I finally got an email invite to show up uh, for for a pre-flight dinner and uh, and all those things. Actually, it was four or five events that weekend for that first flight. So I thought, you know, I want to get involved in something. Not to di- not to talk bad about the American Legion and the VFW because I'm a member of both. But none of their programs really struck me as something I wanted to get involved in. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I can I can do that. You know, a couple of times a year, whatever. So I signed up for an event. Uh, World War II reenactment at a local park. It was on a Sunday afternoon. Then I signed up for the pre-flight dinner that we do for all the vets the night before flight. Then I signed up for the flight day morning, which is getting at the airport at like four o'clock in the morning. And then come come back at like 6.30 at night and then be there till almost midnight for the welcome home and bring these guys back. So I figured if if I want to figure out what this, this program is about, I'm going to figure it out in one weekend. You know, this three-day period. I'm going to figure this out. I show up at that park and it had rained all morning. They weren't really doing any reenactments. There was no guests there. And I find this tent and I find two guys standing there and I come up and introduce myself as the new volunteer, you know, not know what to expect. And we sat there for, I think two and a half, three hours. And they were telling me everything about our flight. You know, these guys had gone on the flights. They had been guardians. They had been bus captains. And I was hooked instantly. And I was like, man, I was so excited, you know, and after that event, I just kept signing up and signing up and signing up and being self-employed. It was natural to be able to go to a, be able to schedule out a couple of weeks in advance and be able to go to a local firehouse or a diner and just sign guys up, you know, and do certain things like that. And I don't know what the count was, but I'm sure I was a couple of dozen uh, events in within a year and got hooked. And I've, I've had something to do with fundraising and signing up. And I'm the, uh, I took over last year as the guardian training team leader. Uh, right before COVID hit, we ended up not having any flights, unfortunately. But uh, we'll cross our fingers that, that this next year is good. We'll see how things progress. I have no idea. But, you know, it's it's a passion. I instantly felt welcomed by everybody. I love everybody there. They're like a family to me. I've missed them a lot this last year. And um, so that really got my volunteering going. And I think that just kind of ended up spilling over into this podcast of like just another way to help. That's uh, I'm going to say hi real quick to people. Robert Broussard, uh, he's my army brother that goes to church with us. Uh, and my cousin, Joseph Mendez, uh, who's a Marine Corps veteran. Uh, he was there uh, when we, uh, I guess, moved into Iraq. Um, and uh, back to what you were saying, you know, it, it in our nature, we volunteered for the military. So <laughs> it's not hard to to volunteer for other things (laughs) i have uh my wife would be the first one to tell you i'm guilty of volunteering for things i i get into a lot of things from my hoa to serving on committees and stuff at at our association of realtors i i find a way to get myself involved in lots of different things yeah and and we're just you know i know from an employment standpoint uh people that i've spoken to uh, my current employer i work for the nsa uh, as a contractor, uh, my my company is a private company, and the guy who hired me is a full bird retired army colonel, and his boss was his superior officer when they were on active duty, <laughs> and he was a full bird, uh, and so um, the the idea that uh, that we served, it really does lead us to to different paths it opens doors for us that um you know you're taught a different work ethic you're taught and i know not everybody that's in the military comes out with the same work ethic i understand that definitely a good generality though right but for the most part you know 
if if you took it serious, if you were there because you wanted to be there, uh, you came out with some skills. In fact, a, a lot of times entrepreneurs don't understand. There's a lot of skills that we got in the military that we don't even know we have. You know, we just do things. You know, I mean, I still get up before the alarm goes off. Uh, that's weird. But sometimes I turn it off <laughs> and go back. But that is a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that I get up, you know, and, you know, you know, you got to get up and, and, uh, and, you know, of course, a lot of us don't shave anymore, but, you know, you just, you're used yeah. to routine. Uh, you, you like the routine. There is a, a whole set of skills that we have because in order to, to be an effective leader, you have to, to be an effective follower, you know? And so uh, I think that, uh, that the platforms that we're using as a podcast, we're, we're kind of a leader in some sense. And people will look, look to you. You know, I, I hope they look to me for some sort of spiritual guidance because I love to talk about God. I love to talk about my, um, my walk with Christ. Um, and, and it, even if you don't think you're doing it, you, you might be leading somebody. You know, you might have a conversation with somebody and you might lead them like you talked about earlier. You might lead them away from a needle in their arm. You might lead them away from uh, drinking themselves to death or putting a gun in their mouth. And so um, we it's a responsibility. You know, uh, and we have a responsibility, not just to one another, but but to the public in general. You know, three percent of the population joins the military and if that doesn't say a lot about us to begin with, you know, I don't, I don't know what does, but. Um, That's I a good know. point. I, I think that uh, we've got to look, look after ourselves. I don't want to say that, that America as a whole doesn't care about veterans because they do. But in some cases, it seems like they don't. I mean, they care enough, but not enough. In other cases, they care a lot, which is great. But sometimes I feel like we're on our own. We gotta fight our own battles. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta be together. We can't leave guys out there alone. We can't leave people on the battlefield. We we don't do it on the battlefield. Why do we leave we leave people alone back here at home? We just it's sad from people suffering from substance abuse issues or or just alienating themselves. Whatever we've got to do something. And I applaud the people that are out there doing it in their own little way. I don't, I don't know if you, if you subscribe to it, but I'm, I subscribe to Vet TV, and I think it's absolutely hilarious. Not maybe not for everybody, but it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I guess you got to get the humor, right? You got probably had to have served or been around uh, uh, veterans to to get the humor. But I love the fact that after every episode, you know, they say something to the effect of, you know, what are you doing? Get off your butt, pick up your phone, and call a battle buddy. And I'm, I'll be the first to admit, I'm, I'm guilty of not checking in on my battle buddies enough. I've checked in on a few here and there, but I could do it more. I mean, I, we could all do it more. You just check on somebody, drop them a message on Facebook or something, you know? I'm, I'm going to use what you just said to lead into something. H have you heard Bullets to Beans podcast with Dave, Doc, Jocelyn? I don't know if I've heard that one or not. To be honest with you, I think I follow about 25 or 30 veteran podcasts, and I haven't been through them all yet. <laughs> There's not enough time in the day for that, but I'm slowly getting there. Yeah, so I would definitely look him up. Uh, his podcast is called Bullets to Beans, uh, and he's got a web. He's got a, and he's uh, he was a combat medic for 20 years. Uh, saw heavy combat, came back, you know, a, a mess. Uh, and, and just slowly worked his way, you know, out of that mess. Um, but he does a podcast. Uh, I want to say it was last, he's got, he's on his second season. So you have to go back to the first season and I, and I don't remember what episode it was, but, uh, I got called out by my pastor who was on my very first, it was my very first podcast was my pastor, pastor John Mitten. And, uh, he was doing the 22 pushups a day. And he was knocking them out, man. He was crushing them. And, uh, and he called me out and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this, you know? And so, but I'm so fat that after like the fourth day, I hurt my back and I couldn't do it anymore. And so, uh, but then shortly after I heard uh, Doc's episode where he talks about that and he doesn't condemn anybody. He says, hey, if, the, if that's what you want to do to bring awareness to this, that that's awesome. I applaud you for it. 
But what are you doing on day 23? What are you doing on day 24? You know, how many of your battle buddies have you called? How many people you served with that you know struggled even before they left theater? How many of them are you calling and contacting, you know, just to check on them? And so uh, that is really important, you know. And the other weird thing, too, Keith, that, that is bizarre to me, um, I went to a private Catholic military high school here in San Antonio, Central Catholic. And those guys that I went to school with are still my friends. They're still my close friends. And I can go 10 years without talking to one, pick up the phone. And it's like, like we had just seen each other yesterday. And I find that the military, in fact, one of my friends just, I'm going to Florida in March uh, to visit two of my shipmates. Uh, my, the one I haven't seen since we decommed our ship back in the nineties. And, and uh, Scott, I talked to a lot, Scott, just came back from deployment uh, in November. And John said something the other day. He said, you know, the thing about uh, our kinship, our military service, is that we can pick up 10, 15 years down the road, and it's like we just saw each other yesterday. And so I think that's amazing, man. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I, yeah, I think generally speaking, yeah, it's pretty much like that. And I've actually got a group of friends that, that I was really close with growing up. You know, we're, we're kind of like that. And, um, yeah, but some of the military buddies, yeah, you, you know, it's it's a little different with everybody. I guess it depends on how, how close you actually work with them, you know, all day, every day. But the bonds that you that you make with certain people, just it's uh, it's hard to explain to, to a civilian you know, one way or another, you know, like, like I said, my first deployment was in prison camp. Um, there's a handful of people I was there with. We may not have even worked a couple of them. I didn't even work with every single day, but we were there and shared experiences between riots and escape attempts and uh, indirect fire and, and all the craziness in between. Cause it was, um, it, it was a crazy, crazy period, but anybody who I was with there, I mean, shared experiences, um, you know, not, we called it, you know, kind of, uh, you know, part of my language, but hell on earth. I mean, that's kind of the, the term that we had for the place, as you can imagine. It was it was pretty pretty rough, but yeah, those those bonds are tight. I just reconnected with one of the uh, guys that I served with. Uh, we were stationed in Japan together. He was on the rotation ahead of me. Talked to him not long ago, and uh, you know, exactly, we hadn't talked on the phone in, in a good couple of years, and you know, it was it was nice to just kind of catch up. So let me ask you something, brother. I, 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 you know, I've listened to your podcast. I love it. I love what you're trying to do. Um, and I want to ask you if there's people listening tonight and maybe they're struggling, um, what advice would you give to them? Reach out and get some help. Assess what your situation is, you know, trying to reach out in the right avenue. We know whatever that problem is that you're facing, but reach out and get some help. There's a lot of organizations out there. You know, my website's got some, there's other ones Call the suicide hotline. If it's a situation like that, or if you just need to talk and you're just down, just pick up the phone and call, call a battle buddy and, and say, I need some help. I know there's Facebook groups where people put things out there to say, Hey, I'm not feeling good. And in, I've literally seen in five minutes, four or 500 people saying, Hey, call me. I'm here. Message me, whatever. Just put it out there in whatever way works for you. And, and just get that help. I mean, there's tons of resources. Just use them because you've got people that care about you, whether or not I know you or Jose knows you or anybody listening, we care about you. So get the help, you know, and I'm sure you've got family or friends that are really close that really want to help, you know, so just reach out. Absolutely. I'm going to read a comment from uh, my cousin who is a combat Marine. Uh, it says it should start with EAS train the vets how to turn the 100%, 110% down a little bit. Mentally, we go hard on things, and sometimes it can be a bad thing. And he, he's he's so on point. Uh, you know, you and I, I didn't serve in combat, so I, I don't know. Um, you know, my worst day uh, in the Navy was uh, running out of money to go to the – enlisted club before payday. I mean, that, that's how bad my thing was. Um, and honestly, you didn't get to drink that weekend, huh? 
<laughs> Somebody gave you a bottle? <laughs> you know, out there begging your friends, man, for 20 bucks. Uh, they're like, yeah, man, I give you 20 for 40. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but that my cousin's on point there. I mean, you're, especially you guys, you had to go into, into theater. Uh, man, you're spun up like 110, 120, 150, 200%. And then when, you know, when you come off of that, man, it's hard to slow down. So um, I don't think you even realize like how much at certain points, I never really thought I had problems or issues. And the buddy that I said, I, I, I called not too long ago. He, he flat out told me in the conversation, um, you know, I'll be open and honest about it. I've never I've never went to any counseling at all until about three months ago, two, two, three months ago. I realized over those last years, things were just drastically different and I wasn't as busy because I wasn't on the road to all these meetings. Everything's on zoom Had a lot of extra time on my hands and I got to thinking and sometimes thinking's not good. And I realized I buried myself in work for years. I just, I just went a hundred percent into work because it kept my mind off of things. And, um, you know, I don't know if I have PTSD or not. I, I mean, I've, I've talked to the, the counselor twice. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. My wife thinks I do. I kind of denied it for years. There's no way. Like, I don't have it because you think of what, what the movies show you of choking your wife and punching holes in the walls and doing stuff like that. Well, that's not my life. But I do. Um, I am alert sometimes. And I, I do react to situations in ways that are probably not appropriate, whether I'm I'm snappy or I don't like to be, if I'm focused on something, I don't like something snapping my attention. I don't really like people behind me. I, I can't explain why in some of these cases, but it is what it is. And I realized that there was something to that. And I finally picked up the phone one day and called for a counselor. Like, well, what do you need? Do you need the suicide line? I said, no, I'm not suicidal, but I want to talk to somebody. Like I got to talk to somebody other than my wife because she knows most of these stories, but I don't, I don't really publicly tell some of those things. And, um, I'm like, I just need to talk to somebody. And the first thing the lady told me was just learn how to breathe. Just like, don't snap, don't get upset. Just count to four and you'll react better or, or get to a better place. Cause I felt like I've handled some things. Like I'll come down to my office where I'm at. If I start getting upset, I will just walk away from a conversation. I come down here and I close the door and I get myself in a quiet situation where I can kind of think, you know, just not have things going around and, and calm myself down. But when I was talking to my battle buddy, he's like, you've never you know, gotten any help. And I'm like, no, he goes, dude, after that place, and it's taking you 13 years. He's like, I'm, I'm glad you're finally talking to somebody. You know, that's, that's great. Good for you. So that's what I mean. You know, I said earlier, just reach out to somebody, talk to somebody, no matter how you're feeling. If you saw some stuff and it's, it's you know, messed with your mind or you realize that the way you react to things is probably not appropriate, then talk to somebody, you know, cause the things that you go through when you're, and I don't really consider myself, a combat vet. Yes, I was in Iraq twice. Yes, I spent about 14 months of my life in a combat zone. Yes, I was shot at with indirect fire. Never was, you know, never got into a firefight or anything, but, you know, prison camp was crazy. It was weird. We had people stabbed. We had um, riots, escape attempts, indirect fire, all kinds of stuff. Probably got recalled or woken up in the middle of my sleep three or four times a week on average for something like that. And, uh, you know, all the way to the crazy little mind games. Um, actually, I'll tell a funny story on that one. So we had a senior that would get mad if there was any junk left in the in the five ton that we take to work every day. So a few months into the deployment, summer summer uh, the months in Iraq, you know, it's, it's hot as heck. It's 120 degrees by breakfast, and uh, we we show up to work and we stand guard mount. Everybody posts out, and you can just like hear him screaming. And we're like, what the heck? And Come to find out, he found a Gatorade bottle in the back of the five-ton, and he lost his mind. He's like, I find another one of these in here. You're all walking. You're walking to work. You're walking from work. And it was like three-quarters of a mile through the desert. There was one hard-packed road. Everything else was drifted sand. I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Direct sun. I mean, I'd take three water bottles and a Gatorade, and it'd all be gone by the time I made it. I mean, everybody was just hydrating like crazy. And he did it. He did it multiple times, and it sucked. We, we hated it. <laughs> I mean, it was it got to the point where somebody was in charge every day to, to, to clean that vehicle, make sure there wasn't a wrapper of anything left in there. But that's, you know, that's just, you know, some of the interesting stories there. I'm going you know, to 
I'm going to share another comment with you because it goes along with what you were talking about just now. But uh, Carrie says that she was in denial that she had PTSD for over 20 years uh, until one day she made a decision like you did to, to deal with it in some form. And uh, and so, um, yeah, you know, r reach out. Um, I'm not a combat vet, but listen, I, I can listen to anything you have to say. Um uh, just like anybody else can. And I'm willing to, and if, if all you need to do is just spill your guts, man, I'm the guy. Uh, I can keep my mouth shut. It, it has happened. My wife will, will argue that, but, but, uh, but I can, I can listen to you. Uh, but you know, honestly, I, my phone number is on our website. Uh, I'm sure yours is too, uh, on yours. I've got a Facebook, but you know, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, everything for, the podcast and my real estate. So it's not hard to find me. My, my phone number's out there on many, many websites being in business. And I'm the same way. Call, text, message, direct message, whatever you want to call it, whatever the platform has, reach out. Definitely. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, people want to watch your podcast. Uh, when, when do you uh, air your podcast? Well, I'm planning on do mine kind of similar to you do, just live, fairly unscripted, um, and I'm going to do mine every other Wednesday. Um, I haven't figured out exactly what that schedule is yet, but I'm going to put something on uh, on my website about when those when those are scheduled, just to make it a little bit easier, you know, because it's for me, it's not a uh, it's I guess I'll say it's a hobby, you know, it's a, it's a passion of mine, but it's it's something that you know I do have to put food on the table for my family. I do have other commitments, so. You know, I thought, okay, you know, if I do it every other Wednesday, do it at night, record it, it's done. I don't have to do a whole lot of editing, do the audio editing, but that's a whole different story there. That's a pain in the, you know what, do any of that kind of stuff. I think we were talking about that the other day, but yeah, um, yeah I'm done every Wednesday night at um, at uh, 6 p.m. is what I'm thinking of doing. Good. So, um, Again, uh, I've got your your uh, and you can go, if you're watching the replay, make sure that you type in hashtag replay for us. Uh, and you can see the websites down here on the bottom of the ticker www.battlebuddypodcast.net. Uh, and Keith's already got six episodes up, you can watch any one of them. Uh, and then his what I forgot to ask you in the beginning, but what where are you? What is your home base? Where are you living? Uh, I'm in the Peoria, Illinois area, so we're about I'd say about smack dab right in the middle of uh, between Chicago and St. Louis. We call it central Illinois, but I'll be honest with you, there's about four other communities that call themselves central Illinois. So somewhere in there. And uh, I've also got your website for your business. Uh, so if you're in the need of a realtor uh, or, you know, maybe it's not quite your area, but I'm sure Keith can, can probably refer you to somebody. And that one is www.mhghomes.com. And uh, man, I want to, I just want to thank you for taking the time. I, I know that these are not, it's not, you know, it's not easy to give up an hour of your Friday, uh, you know, just for the sake of, of chit chatting on, on Facebook for an hour uh, with somebody who doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> well, it makes two of us that don't know what we're doing. And, uh, you know, this day and age where we're not face to face with a lot of people on a regular basis is comparatively we used to be it's good to sit down and chat with somebody so i appreciate you having me on the show it's, it's been awesome well I, i'm i'm gonna uh, in the in the days and weeks to come i'm gonna be bumping your your websites you know i want people to watch your show just like i want people to watch ours uh you know if you're watching on youtube uh, i can't ask you enough uh like share subscribe um the same thing with um uh keith you know get on his podcast site and like share subscribe um and uh uh those of you who are who are out there and and you uh you need somebody to talk to you can hit both our websites if you if you go to my website thirddaycoffeeseeking.com the first thing that pops up is the veteran crisis uh phone number and so if you uh, don't feel comfortable calling one of your boys or one of your girls uh, call that number. I mean, that's what it's there for. And and that's what we're here for. There's all kinds of groups, like Keith said, uh, all over Facebook and everywhere else. Um, 
that you know somebody is always willing to listen. I always, uh, you know, I, the first time I talked to somebody who was in crisis, I didn't know what to say, and I asked him. I said, "Well, do you are you a believer?" He said, "Yes, I am." I said, "Okay, well, I'm going to quote you this scripture because it's so relevant to anybody who's in crisis or not." And it's Joshua one and nine. And it's be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, neither be thy dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goes. And I try to explain that. And I've done a lot of research. I, I was taking seminary uh, for a little while. I'm probably going to get back on that and, and finish that eventually. But uh, I did a lot of study. And that is so important for all of us, especially those of us who are veterans. Uh, but for anybody, anybody. That verse just means that it doesn't matter if your family turns their back on you, if your friends turn your back on you, if your spouse leaves you, if your kids don't want to talk to you. It doesn't matter because there is always one inexhaustible resource. And in our case, because we're veterans, we have a whole lot more resources. But somebody is always willing to listen to you. Somebody is always with you. You are absolutely never, ever ever alone and so uh i thank you again keith i really appreciate you taking the time and and uh i hope that uh i hope that your podcast just blows up and and uh, and you know it's just more than you can handle and you end up having to do it full time so <laughs> yeah that'd be nice you know like, uh or, or get some people on uh you know to to give me a hand on different things you know i'm up for whatever as long as it continues the mission so absolutely brother well listen again thank you so much i appreciate your time i'm gonna put you back in the green room i'm gonna close this but sit tight for a second. And then you and i will have a word before you go home so hang on a second here okay folks that's it that's a wrap god country coffee for today uh january the 22nd folks we have a pot ton of interesting guests that are going to be coming on I really appreciate Keith. Uh, you know, he's got a great podcast. He's got a great mission, what he's trying to do. He's trying to help people. Uh, and, you know, listen, we have to help one another out. That That's what God requires of us. That's, that's our, um, that is our mission in life. The second that we surrender our life to Christ, uh, we're commissioned to spread the word of God and folks, treat one another the way God intended us to treat one another, with kindness, with love, with respect. Until next Friday on God Country Coffee, I love you guys. I'll see you then. God bless. Good night.